Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Duckies and Dargons, the Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition podcast where an amateur DM attempts to take three players through a homebrewed world and they do their very best to derail every single session in the most comedic and chaotic way possible. But in despite of that, their DM still loves them. We hope that you are all having a fantastic morning, afternoon, evening, whatever it may be, wherever you are in the world. And that spooky season is treating you well. Because who doesn't love a little bit of spook in their lives? Before we get into tonight's episode, the first thing that I will need to do as DM uh, is to provide a very slight content warning. There is going to be content in this episode that is graphic, dark, and not for those who are potentially of the faint of heart. If you do not like uh, extreme violence or the possibility of extreme, extreme violence, or if that sort of thing makes you uncomfortable, then this is your warning to take that into consideration before you listen into tonight's episode. As a DM, I will always, at every opportunity, put out content warnings to alert you guys to any themes in this campaign which may be triggering to people or may make people feel even slightly uncomfortable. So, with that out of the way, let us go ahead and recap from the last episode of the Vardorian Conflict. We left off two weeks ago with our players exiting the cave system that they had been led into by Vietis, the lieutenant of the Dark King's criminal organization. After scouting their way down into the depths, or upwards into the depths of this cave system, they were met with a large member, or a large group of the members of the cross, led by Captain Dashilla, the stoic and charismatic leader of this rival faction, stepping on the toes of the Dark Kings here in Darktoe. Vieris surprised and put a couple of our party on edge when he announced that he was here to make a trade. This was an action that put our tiefling very much on edge and very much on the aggressive edge because Zaras had, in his mind, wanted nothing to do more than to just wipe Vieris out. Vieris, though, after relaying somewhat silently his plans to Zaras, informed him that the trade of the locations and names of every member of the Dark King's organization was an attempt to lure the cross in to an ambush. Our party were then surprised to know that their timing could not have been better. Literally. Because Captain Dashilla was waiting for none other than Lucinda Grohl to be returned to her from captivity by the Dark Kings. Upon Lucinda Grohl's return, the three players sat down with the disgraced lawmaster, had a conversation. Zarus had another conversation, which may have played rather nicely into future content in this campaign. 
he's actually made certain uh, plot points a hell of a lot easier for me to, to plan out now. So, Slade, I thank you for that, good sir. You have done me a service, and I will, I will be forever grateful for that. Uh, but no, Zarus decided that he wants to go and hunt down what he believes, and I will stress that very, very, very strongly, what he believes to be a god in a moment of uh, complete chaos that left me on the edge of my seat. Uh, and I actually didn't say this in the session, but Zarus, you can go ahead and add 100 gold to your inventory. Because as, as per the rule that we have here in the campaign, if a player manages to put me on the edge of my seat or, or leaves me absolutely gobsmacked, they earn 100 gold. So, Zarus, go ahead and mark that on. Lucinda Grohl, on the other hand, didn't have as good a day as she was intending. Obviously, she was reunited with the party that were hunting her down, and then she subsequently died. As a unknown magical entity folded her in half backwards like a piece of cardboard, and subsequently launched her body downwards onto Elera, you know... Alara took a little bit of bludgeoning damage, but, you know, it's nothing that she can't, uh, you know, brush off. Our party were then told that any business that the Cross may or may not have had surrounding our party was officially done. They had no quarrel with them, they had no reason to seek them out, and they were given the advisory that they leave Darktoe before things got ugly. They didn't leave immediately, though, because Elera decided to carve off Lucinda Girl's head and take it with her. So, we pick up tonight with our party standing out in the open, somewhat, the somewhat open wilderness of the Darktoe outskirts at the mouth of the cave entrance. You guys are in the midst of beginning to walk down the path that led you to this cave network. You, he uh, you hear individual voices inside your heads. All of you. It's a different voice. The message is roughly the same. Different words are, are you know, portrayed. But the overall gist of the message is as follows. We've been instructed by the king in order to requ request your return back to the Orcish Claw. Ilera has something waiting for her. You can respond to this message. So, Let's my, my, uh, my, my, my absolute chaotic brethren, do either three of you want to respond to the individuals who have sent you these messages? I'll, I'll, I might, is it just like telepathically I got to respond, or? Uh, you, you respond verbally, like you speak it out loud. We're coming. There's a slight pause. Well, I'm coming. I don't know about these two. There's a slight pause in the air before the voice returns to your head. Very well. Grask will be waiting for you. And that's it. Zarus, Anon. Do you two decide to respond to the messages at all? Nope. 
Yeah, she goes, okay, let's go. Okay, excellent. I'll say that it takes you... Guys you... Sure you guys wanted to leave. You sure you want to come? Yeah. Zaris? I ain't got nothing else to do. Okay. Excellent. Okay. okay. I, I do have my duck with me. Yes, you've got Dee Dee. The uh, unofficial mascot of Duckies and Dargons. Okay, so, with that in mind, I'll say that it takes you roughly 20 minutes to get back to the southern gates of Darktoe. You are joined by Vieris, who is very... very subdued, very sheepish, very much towing the line as far as his behavior and his body language and his mannerisms is concerned. He doesn't say a whole lot, but you'll know roughly where you are at this point. You're roughly halfway between the cave and the, and the, the, the gates to Dark Soul. You, Zarus, you feel a, a tap on your shoulder. Uh, you look to your side and you see Vieris meeting your gaze. Uh, his face somewhat solemn, somewhat uh, somewhat like a, a puppy that knows that they've done wrong and they're trying to approach their owner in order to see if they can, you know, engage a little bit. Do you say anything? What? He hangs his head ever so slightly and says... Listen, I know the way things went down in there. It's far from ideal. It 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 could have gone a whole lot better, and hell, it could have gone a whole lot worse. But this was a plan that was months in the making. Your arrival in Darktoe almost put an end to that plan, and when you were assigned to me. I couldn't tell any of you about the plan because I didn't know whether you would have run back to Grask and ratted me out and tried to make me look like a traitor in order to earn his favor. So, are we good? For now, for now, we are for now, we're square. You see him give a an, an acknowledging nod before he let me don't, let me be clear, though. The last time someone tried to betray me. I almost died. I do not take kindly to traitors. If you try to backstab me again, if you try to backstab my party members again, there is no hell in existence 
that you could possibly imagine that will grant you access that will be worse than what is coming that I will bestow upon you. Do I make myself clear? You see him nod and he remains silent for a couple of seconds before he looks to you again and says, I have no intention of betraying you. I have no intention of betraying your party members. I have no intention of deliberately pushing the three of you in any harm whatsoever. I have no intention of betraying Grask. Aside from the pay, he looks after us. Most of us would have died on the streets if it wasn't for him, so we owe him. But he doesn't make us feel like we owe him, if that makes sense. Anyway, we'll see what all this, uh, all this pans out. It is only a matter of time before Dashila makes her next move. It could be today, it could be tomorrow, hell, it could be a week. She's going to need time to prepare before she launches an attack against the kings. And Oraz, he's, well, we don't know where he is. Well, all, all we know is he's on his way here. So if she's smart, she'll keep a track on him. Try to launch an attack before he gets back to Darktoe. Because if the two of them are together, the Shilla doesn't stand a chance in hell. And you just see him adjust his collar ever so slightly before continuing on. Those of you with, uh, with a decent passive perception, I'd say if you've got a passive perception of about 12 or 13, given the range that you guys are standing, you'd have been able to, you know, loosely pick up on this conversation. Um, but otherwise, Elera or Anon, if you'd like to try and roll a perception check in order to see if you can hear any of what's being said between the two of them, I'll allow it. I've only got a plus two in my perception, but I can make a roll. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you do a D20 plus UK and... Nah. I'll say with an 11, you can, you can tell that they're, the two of them are talking. You just can't really make out what's being said. So at that point, I'm just going to look, look behind, sort of see, just look straight forward again. Okay. Just got to turn my head back, look forward. Excellent. I'm not caring. Oh, Anon here with a 16. Nice. Okay. You, you get a good chunk of the conversation. You overhear Vieira saying that he has no intention on betraying the three of you or the kings. You hear him trying to what sounds like make amends with Zaris or at least try to get back on an even keel with him. Um, but yeah, you know, like from his body language as well, you notice that he's he's definitely, like I said, that that puppy that has done wrong and is now trying to. Uh, seek approval or seek forgiveness from their from their owner. Well, he's fucked. <laughs> well, who are you saying that to? Are you saying that to me, or are you saying that to? Uh, I lied. Uh, I'll say it to you. <laughs> uh, after what we've seen him fucking do, because I'm amazed he's still fucking standing. Probably not for much longer, let's be honest. Well, I, 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 I plan to... If, if he tries to fucking 
lie or try not to say anything about what fucking happened in that cave. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm not gonna stand for that. I'll, I'll start explaining. Oh I yeah, absolutely throwing him under the train. Absolutely. Couldn't fucking care what happens to him. If I could be fucked, I would have killed him myself. But you know, Zara's already fucking at it. Let's right. see what the Dark King will do. <laughs> oh, I look forward to it. Alright. <laughs> I'll say that another 10 or so minutes, you get to the, the southern gate of Darktoe, you're, you're uh, granted entry. At this point... Uh, oh. I, I, I do want to do something on the way there. Ooh, okay. I want to make a religion roll. Oh. By all means, go ahead. That should be interesting. I want to um, see if the entity that I talked to uh, through my Patreon was uh, deity or uh, non-deity. So you want to determine for certain whether it was a god that you spoke to or not? Yeah, I want to see if it was a higher being or not. If it was something that is that is above the stature s status of my Patreon, and if so, if uh, if that is the case, then I know what my plan is. Okay. Uh, I'm having to use this new dice roller, so forgive me. Yeah, we're all using it. We're all using the dice roll in roll twenty, uh, just you know, for a change of pace and to see, to see what, so see what it, what I, it beholds. I went ahead and changed my setup on roll twenty, so now I've got this advanced dice roller. So yeah. I'm I'm learning the new, the new setup. So I've got my setup differently. Um, so forgive me for trying to find stuff. No, no, you're fine. Uh, uh, okay, so if I do this, then it should let me do this. Aha, it does work. Perfect. Okay. 14. Okay. Uh, give me one second. Okay, Zaris, with your religion roll of a 14, as you're walking through the canopy, uh, the end of the canopy before you come to the main dirt track that leads you to the gates of Darktoe, you reach out to the Ice Queen. You, in your mind, you ask her what was it that you conversed with back in that cave? You extend your will and you ask her to give you some kind of a sign as to the nature of the voice that came back to you. A couple seconds goes by and you get this familiar ice-like chill across your chest that signifies that she's heard you. She's with you right now. The, the ice chill spreads across your, your sternum and it extends down the, uh, the biceps of both arms. It's almost like it's a, it's a confirmationary feeling. But as it gets to round about your, around about your, your, the crook of your elbow um, on both arms, and it makes its way down your forearm and towards your hands, it feels more like 
natural energy laced with this very faint tingle that almost feels like an electric crackle at your finger at your fingertips giving you the sense that she's telling you that in a way you're right but you're not a hundred percent right a couple of seconds go by and that crackling feeling at your fingertips remains and it almost seems like it's going to stay before it slowly begins to dissipate and the warmth comes back to your chest and your arms and you feel her her presence begin to vacate so is there anything else that you'd like to do no, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep walking and keep it, like I'm doing all of this in my head as I'm walking. So yeah. like I'm I'm f- contemplating ideas in my head as I'm walking. Okay. So so I'll say that as you guys make your way through the streets of dark, so it's roughly I'd say mid afternoon, roughly about three p.m. There's a lot of people on the streets. There's a lot of hustle and bustle. People are coming and going. It's the busiest you've seen Dark Toe at this point. You're having to actively carve a path through the crowd. Sorry, hiccups. You're having to carve a path through the crowd, like gently moving people out of the way. You know, there's groups of people who are standing in the middle of the street by horses and carts, you know, unloading goods. And, you know, the pavements are blocked by mass crowds of people so you're having to walk on the cobblestone roads you eventually get within 50 feet of the exterior of the orcish claw and you can see Vieris has almost readjusted himself he's straightened himself up he's tried to brush off the the majority if not all of this sort of nervous and and anxiety filled energy that was about him you come to the door and Vieris gives three solid knocks on the door before entering the three of you behind him and as you come through into the interior of the crowning jewel of dark toe you can see gambit grass sat at a table, the familiar face of Tidyel, the uh, the female who kickstarted the negotiation process when Gambit Grask arrived. You see the familiar uh, dwarven brother of the the dwarf that you may have drowned at the beginning of the ca- uh, the campaign. And Elera, what is your passive perception? Yeah, uh, that would be. Do 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 do. Do fills there? Perception plus two. No, no, you should have a stat on the left hand side of your uh your character sheet. It'll be below your column of stats. It'll be your passive perception. It should be anywhere between a t- a ten and a fourteen. Sure, I was looking at the right one, but it may not be. No, I don't know. So, where, where, where you've got your saving throws and your skills, 
there's a, a horizontal bar underneath that. Oh, 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 right. Sorry, 12, 12, 12. 12, okay. Okay. You can, you can make out the majority of uh, the identity of this person. Sat at the table between Tidyel and the dwarf facing Grask is what you believe to be the individual that you had the brief con uh, confrontation with as you, docked in, uh, as you docked into Darktoe. You see him sat with what looks to be this mangled, very, like, badly looked after wooden tankard. But Tidyel and the dwarf are drinking from tankers that seem to be of relatively good quality. And Grask is literally drinking from a keg. He has got the keg sat on the table and is just lifting it with one hand and taking swigs whenever he wants to. You see that this individual is leant back in, the, in his chair, almost to the point where he's trying to distance himself from Grask as much as he can without making it look like he's running away. Grask notices the three, the four of you, sorry, uh, re-enter the tavern before gesturing for the four, uh, the four of you to come over. Vieris is going to move past the three of you and make his way over and just situate himself at the, the table here. Sitting approximately 20-25 feet away from Grask, he sits down, places a hand on the, on the table and just says, It's done. These are these guys are good. They've held up their end of the bargain. They uh, they helped me root out two locations, drug den and a brothel. Well, the brothel's legit, but they're running a side job for the cross. Though they have been persuaded to rethink their loyalties, and uh, the drug den's non-operational for the time being. I don't think they're going to be stupid enough to set up shop here again. You see Grask take the, the keg, slide it over to Tyrael and just say, pour him a drink. He's earned it. Tyrael goes over to the bar top, takes another tankard, comes back and begins to pour Vieris a drink, hands it to him. You see, as Vieris extends his hand, he's, he's shaking a little bit. And... You see Gambit Grass lean forward and just go, Why so nervous? You've done your job. You've rooted out the enemy. Now we just have to wait for the scouts to come back so we can find out where they're located. Shouldn't be too long. Should be here by the end of the day. The three of you, come join us. Have a drink. You're going to want to watch this. I have a special gift for the disemboweler over here. Lara, oh. since, you, since you've moved over, since you've moved roughly 40 feet closer to the individual, you see them turn, and it's this wave of realization and recognition wash over their face as they slowly piece, to piece, bleh, slowly piece together the fact that they've seen you before. You see the individual stand up, 
and just go, The fuck are you doing here? Sit the fuck down! Sorry, Grask. I'll have a drink. You can go ahead and roll an intimidation check for me. And I'm gonna go ahead and roll an opposed, uh, insight check. Oh, okay. Okay. With your intimidation of an 11, you see the individual lean forward on the desk, both hands outstretched, stabilizing himself, and he just goes, you know what? I don't think I'll sit. At least not on the orders of you. It's at this point that you just see Grask extend a finger pointing at the individual and just go, you'll fucking sit. You see the individual. Oh, that's beautiful. Oh, okay. So for the listeners at home, I'm, the reason I'm rolling insight checks on behalf of this uh, NPC is to see how much the effect of any intimidation rolls actually holds on them. So, Grask is inherently a very intimidating person, uh, but the this guy just rolled a nat 1 on insight with a plus 1 modifier, bringing him up to a 2. So, you see all of you all of you see this guy grow three sheets paler than he was 10 seconds ago and just very slowly and very cautiously retake his seat. He looks to his right and he sees Zaris standing no more than five feet away from him. And he, Zaris, you can see this guy's hands are shaking. He is like a small dog that hasn't yet gone and had his morning glory yet and he is just he's terrified of Grask but he's more he's growing more terrified of the situation that he's finding himself in a couple of seconds go by and Grask begins to stand he towers bringing himself up to his full height you all see him walk around towards Alara he doesn't go, he doesn't come across the table, but he just, he's about seven or eight feet away from you. He just looks at Viaris and then looks at you and says, well, you've helped held your end of the bargain so far. If Viaris's information is right and you did help root out the anime, then I'll uphold my end of the deal. I promised you an audience. I'm gonna make one thing clear. My relationship with Ravenar's crew is one of mutual respect and ownership. I own them, but we work together with respect. I will not be intervening in anything that goes down here. But if you give me cause for retaliation or for me to step in, then I will, without hesitation, step in between the two of you and put a fucking end to whatever is going on. 
I have one thing. This stuck as shit. You care what happens to him? This, not the crew, him. You care what happens to him. You see Grass look over. And he's just sort of, you see him, he's weighing up the options. He turns his gaze back to you and says, He's a low-level henchman. I can find more like him within an hour. Just don't, just don't, don't make it too difficult to clean up the mess. And at this point, you see him raise a hand, and Tyrael and the dwarf begin to hoist this guy up, like digging their arms under his armpits and hoisting him up. You see the guy begin to fight back. He's going to go and roll a strength check to see if he can actually get out of it. He does not. He rolled terribly. Can is I he... take at this point, DM? Yeah, of course. You'll not fucking move. Or it's gonna get messy. You see... Grask... He extends his right hand. And it's... I'm gonna describe this so badly, but it's the only way I can. His hand position is like Palpatine when he's casting Force Lightning. You know, that very much extended, fingers splayed, slightly curled, almost like you would if you were trying to uh, one-handed gra uh, one grasp a, a football or a soccer ball or a basketball and, you know, try and hold it like that. That sort of curved fit to his hand. And you slowly see these purple tethers begin to wrap around each of the guy's wrists and then his arms rocket skyward and reaching out at a 45 degree angle as you see these purple crackling almost electric like tether ropes extend into the rafters above this guy is now fixated to the tavern rafters 20 feet above his head He's not hanging in midair. He's still on ground level, but he has lost complete use of his arms. Like, oh, they gosh, are, gosh, they are. Gosh, that is great. That, they, oh, I, I wish I met you sooner. That, that is fucking awesome. Christ. Before you go getting ahead of yourself, Tyriel, why don't you give the disemboweler a gift? Tyriel gestures for you to come over to the table, at which point you see her reaching into a backpack that she's got sitting uh, on the floor, resting up against one of the legs of the table. She brings out this thick, thick, almost like rolled up, uh, almost like it's a, it's a rolled up um, pack. She unties it and rolls it across the table, stretching out about three and a half feet. And you can see that it's folded in half, it's covered. She unfolds it. And connected by little bits of uh, butcher's twine are various blades of different sizes and shapes and uh, blade types. You've got a couple who are, a couple that are, you know, the blades are only about three inches long. You've got ones that are about a foot long and they've got a curve towards them, almost like a, a very much, very downscaled uh, scimitar. You've got, a scalpel, you've got a what looks to be a very poorly made 
railroad spike. You've got one that's ever so slightly serrated along the cutting edge. And she just goes, it would be a pleasure to watch you work. Just... I bet, I bet you feel shit for talking to me like scum now, babe. She just looks at you and goes, Oh, don't get the wrong idea, darling. You and I are by no means on any even footing. But... We are... At an impasse, for now. So... I'm going to go and take a seat, and I'm going to enjoy the show. It's at this point that the dwarf uh, walks over to the guy who's suspended and just goes, Well, I'm going to enjoy this. I'm going to need a drink. Best of luck, buddy. If you pass out, then you're a pussy. Good luck. And you see him, as he gets over to the guy, he slaps him in the ribs, almost like uh, how jocks slap each other on the ass before a, a sports game. And he's just, he just goes and takes a seat uh, to Anon's left, and he has this clear bottle of what looks to be a very dark brown uh, alcohol, and he just drinks from the bottle before realizing that there's like shot glasses all over the table, and he just starts pouring shots. So... Ilera, what is Where the... exactly is he again on the map? I want to go right up to his face just now. Right, that's where I thought. Okay. It's that guy. I'm going to go here. I'm going to need a bottle. Strongest bottle. Strongest bottle. You see uh, the dwarf. He's, he's sat, he's, he's, like I say, he's sat pouring shots and he looks at the bottle and goes, Oh shit. Here, take this. He's sorry, he counts up how many shots he's got, and he's like, one, two, three, four, five, uh, fuck. Alright, here, take this. Another. He's sorry, he cocks his head to one side and goes, huh? One for me, one for this piece of piss. How's he gonna drink? He ain't got no arms. He ain't gonna drink. He look, the, the dwarf looks towards Anon and just goes, are you following this? Just wait to see how it all plays out, mate. Alright, you see him, he, he reaches over the, uh, the bar top and it's almost comical how much effort he's putting into this. Because he is, he is leaning so fucking much that because of how short he is in comparison to the rest of you guys, his feet are almost dangling off the floor. And he's like, he's sort of like trying to like jerk himself forward, trying to get like that extra like inch worth of reach. You hear him grunt and he comes back over and he goes, oh, here, take this. Beautiful. Beautiful. Zaris, do you mind moving a wee bit away? I'm going to need a bit of space here and I don't want to get you in the crossfire. Actually, I'm going to ask a very specific question to you first, Lara, and then I'm going to ask uh, Grask a question, because it is his city, and he knows more about it than I do. Uh, Alara, do you actually need me here for anything? I mean, if you don't want to see what's happening, I wouldn't I, blame you. I wouldn't it's, blame it, it, it's, it's your kill, so I, I'd, I'd rather you enjoy your, your show. You never said I was going to kill him. Now you've what? spoiled the surprise for the cunt. 
Well, I, you know. All right. Also, Sorry. Also, yeah, strong language warning, I guess. Well, if you didn't oh, know that you... already, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, so, yeah, it, it's it's yours. You know, you can play with okay, your toy. Okay, How could you do you me can play... one thing, then? Could you do me one thing, then, before you do what you do? Sure. Here, fucks. Here, I'll, I'll go to the guy that's hanging. Here, fuck Stain. What what hand do you write better with? I'm a uh, uh, I'm illiterate. What hand do you write better with? I'm illiterate. What do you wank better with? You see, <laughs> sorry. The reason I'm laughing is because I heard Anon laughing from downstairs. <laughs> 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 okay you see him he's he's looking at his hands and his face is just it's no longer fear it's straight up confusion and he's just like uh i mean i'm pretty ambidextrous oh for fuck's sake could you uh... Gra grask just leans over the table and just goes i wouldn't cut those hands if i were you because it severs the bonds I'm not planning cutting. Okay, let's... You pick up a bottle, right? Say, I don't know, beer. Alright? You're... What hand do you pick the bottle up with? You see him, co you see him cock his head to the side, and it's almost like he's picturing him picking up a bottle, and he's like... Instinctually, I think I'd go left. Right. Zaris, can you freeze his left fingertips? I'm going to look to Grask and say, if I freeze his left fingertips, would that break the bonds? No. Okay. All right. Because you asked. Uh, I'm going to use... Uh, I'll use Frostbite and freeze his fingertips. And uh, he'll need to make a constitution saving throw, but because he's bound, he'll do it with disadvantage. Yep. Ooh. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, okay. <laughs> uh, well you, I mean, you passed, so I'm, there's uh, nothing I can do about that. Okay. So for the listeners I'll... at home, for the listeners at home, despite having disadvantage, this guy rolled a nat twenty and a nat nineteen, meaning he got a dirty twenty with disadvantage. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll guess I'll try again because I'm I'm not. I'm I'm wasting okay. cantrips, so okay. uh, I'll do frostbite Fucking again. Fucking god damn! <laughs> okay, okay, that's the first roll. Okay, that's more like it. <laughs> uh, I'm. I mean, you still pass. So, oh my god! So I'm doing it again. <laughs> Don't do it a third time if you're gonna waste. Okay, the the. Yeah, the, the last one failed. The yeah. last one was 11, yeah, so that I, I one thought, failed. I thought it did. So, for the listeners at home, on the second set of rolls, I rolled another nat 20, and then I rolled a 13, which both like both exceed the spell save DC for Cyrus, so I had to roll again, and I rolled an 18 plus 1 and a 10 plus 1. So, I have just rolled two nat 20s <laughs> in the space of a minute, and I can guarantee... I ain't rolling no more nat 20s tonight. Guarantee you. No. Okay, Darius, just go for a nap, buddy. 
Uh, well, I, I'm not going to go for a nap. I'm going to go for something a little bit more important. Uh, Grass, th this is kind of a long shot. Do you have some place where, like a library or something, that I could get some information? It's not so much of a library. It's more of a a guy. He keeps records for a bunch of different people here. But uh, what is it you're looking for? Before we got to the second location, we found an amulet and it I put it on and it ha pertained something to do with my my personal self that piqued my interest. And I wanted to see if I could find a little bit of information here that could help me out as to once I leave Darktoe, if I could get some clues as to the whereabouts of possibly where I could go from here that would lead me down that direction of finding what I'm looking for. He looks at, uh, you, he looks at you and says, you got that amulet on you? Unfortunately, it was just like the it shattered. The, the gem was destroyed. You've, the 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 metallic per, the eh, the metallic proportions of the amulet is still there. It's just the gem was oh, destroyed. The oh, the gem was destroyed. Okay, so I'll pull out the metallic part then. He looks at it and goes, "If you're trying to find out where that was made, you'd probably be best going to a jeweler. We got one a couple streets over." Okay, uh, I will help head there first then, if okay. you do not mind. Okay, he's like, no, nah. you know, he's he's a good guy. Just you know, don't kill him. Nah, I I don't plan on it at all. Okay, uh, well, you're, you're free to Alara, leave. Alara, Anon, have fun. I will see you guys. Uh, I guess when you guys are done, uh, I'm gonna head to the jeweler, and uh, if the jeweler heads me in the direction of the informant, then I will head there as well, and I will see you when you're done. Okay. Whatever. So we will we'll, we'll chop we'll chop and change between both uh, scenes, you know, like we always do. So, Lara. <laughs> with the, um, with the discussion that we had earlier, the floor yeah. the, the floor is yours. Um. Looking, I'm gonna kind of like kind of I'm doing kind of good cop bad cop myself just now towards this guy. I'm gonna look at him. It's like I'm so as as I'm sort of talking, I'm gonna go and pick up the 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 scimitar. Mm -hmm. Put it in my right hand. Like I'm, dude. I'm I'm so I'm so sorry that he couldn't freeze your fingertips. You're probably wondering uh, why I was wanting him to freeze your fingertips. Oh, well, the fingertips are frozen. Zyrus got it on the third attempt. Oh. Oh, I thought you still found that one. No, okay. No, no, no. Okay, I'm just taking the scimitar and I'm gonna sort of pick up the pinky, the pinky finger, or sort of hold the pinky fingertip, mm -hmm. and just slowly put the scimitar down to kind of cut it. Just ever so slowly, not like quick, would be quick, just nice and slowly, like where it could probably snap the whole finger. Okay. The weights. So I'm just gonna go ahead. Make a roll. Go ahead and roll a d4. E. Unity D. And. Ah, frozen. 
1d4. Okay. You drag the blade of your scimitar across the, the frozen, frozen, frozen portion of this guy's fingertip on his pinky. You feel the blade break through the, the ice and it hits the bone. And that's where it stops. Sorry, I think I might be a bit stuck here. Can you move your hand a little bit, buddy? Just a little bit. Let's move it a wee bit. You hear him screaming out in pain as the... the Without the fucking screaming! Fuck! He's just looking at you going, What the fuck do you mean, move my hand? Oh, fuck it. I'm just going to punch the fucking scimitar to fucking snap it then. Okay. Uh, Go ahead and... Roll a strength check with advantage. Okay. Okay, as a zero modifier on the strength. Okay. I will do my roll. Eleven. Okay. You. Use the heel of your palm to drive the scimitar through the remaining portion of the the finger, and it cleaves through the bone and the rest of the flesh, snapping the fingertips straight off. Nothing, nothing to say, buddy. I mean, he's nothing. He's screaming in pain, but that's about it. Did you shut up with the screaming? Fuck. Oh, God. Right! Okay, now that, uh, you know, a bit of blood's been spilt, let's, let's talk, uh, I'm surprised you didn't recognize me when, uh, you pushed me in the stairs earlier, buddy. He... Anything? He leans, he leans... Hello? Forward, he leans forward ever so slightly. Not, like, not cocky. Like leaning in, but he's he's leaning in. It's just like the way his uh, his body's reacting to the pain. He just looks at you and says, "Listen, lady, I ain't seen you or anyone that looks like you ever. I don't know you. I don't know why I'm here. I I was told I was told Grask <laughs> wanted me, but." I I don't know you. Right. Uh, what legs? The weakest leg. You see him look down at both his legs and go, no, 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 no. I know what I know the deal here. I give you an answer. You take my leg. I mean, it could be anything, buddy. It could be anything. But it's usually you- the one opposite from the strongest hand. Are you saying that to him or to Alara? To Alara. No, no, let, 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 let the pup answer, okay? He, he just remains silent. Okay. At this point, I'm going to take the right. Is it just around the ankles and the wrists that he's no? It's, it's, it's just the wrists. 
It's just the wrist. Right. Okay. I am going to cut off the opposite foot. So you're cutting off the right foot? Yeah. 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 I was trying to remind myself. Okay. Because hopefully I get a reaction from the dwarf here. Okay. Uh, go ahead. Go ahead and make an attack roll using your uh your rapier. You're not gonna. You're not. You're not gonna use your rapier's damage because we're we're scaling damage differently here for the sake of this encounter. So I'm just rolling up my one d one d twenty plus whatever your attack bonus is for your your rapier. Again. Uh, so it is one D twenty plus four. <laughs> okay, so you rolled a six, which, given the fact that this guy is bound, he can't actively run away. I'll say roll with advantage. I should have relayed. I should relayed that beforehand, but yeah, I didn't. An eleven. Okay, an eleven hits. An eleven hits. So go ahead and roll one d six. Six. Okay. Uh, what part of the leg are you attacking? Are you attacking at thigh level, knee level, or oh, you're doing the foot? Sorry, you're doing the foot. That's right. Uh, so you you can go ahead and describe what you're doing. I'll, the only prompt I'll give you is you're able to take that foot. So I'm just gonna go down. Nah, sort of crouch a little bit. I have the scimitar, and I'm just gonna, or sorry, rapier, sorry, this one. I'm just gonna slowly kind of, like, imagine a kind of seesaw sort of thing, but I'm sort of going down, cutting as I'm doing that. So, um, nice foot. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's. Amidst the understandably obvious uh, screams of pain from this guy, which I will not do because. My microphone will not handle it, and I do not want to piss off the neighbors. Would you shut up? You see... Stop screaming! Uh, go ahead and make a dexterity saving throw for me. Okay, that's... <laughs> lovely lovely <laughs> would you like to tell the listeners what you rolled three and what was that on the dice not one you rolled in that one okay uh before I describe what happens, Lara, are you standing, kneeling, or what? 
I said I was crouching, so I need to. You're, still be okay, you're, you're kneeling. That's okay. You, as you're cutting through the the flesh and the tendons and the bone uh, of this guy's right foot, you see out of the corner of your eye faster than you anticipated, and not in enough time for you to react. You see. It's not a deliberate thing. It's not like he's attacking you. This is the the writhing momentum on uh, reactionary movement of his body as you are trying to remove his foot. His left leg swings round wildly and cracks you straight in the side of the rib cage. Uh, oh, you're a feisty bastard! He. Oh. He, he he hits you with the, the full front of his boot right in between uh just between like the second and third rib. You feel the boot connect and it's not uh it's not as strong as a deliberate kick would be, but it's it had a little bit of a little bit of oomph to it. You see as you lose momentum in your in your cuts, uh you see him sort of his his body begins to subside in movement and you see that as he's now hanging there the blood is forming a pool around where he stood and the dwarf is leaning over the table looking just going holy shit someone get me a cloth a cloth you I see, you see, without even thinking, the dwarf takes the the left shoulder of his shirt and just rips it off and just extends it out to you. And go here, take this. Right. Okay. So as I, I'm, cheers, buddy. I'll take the cloth. I'll put it in the bottom bit of the of the stump. But I'm gonna take the second bottle of the of the alcohol. What alcohol was it, uh, buddy? It's uh, it's whiskey. It's the strongest one. The one. What one was it? It's right. whiskey. As I have the so, imagine my sort of hands kind of cupping under the stump of the leg. Mm-hmm. So I've got the cloth under there, and I'm I'm taking the second bit of whiskey and I'm pouring it onto the the wound. Okay. And it sort of hoping to you know get more screaming. Okay, kind of obviously, obviously on, does. And then and then I'm going to tie it. Up. Would you shut up with the screaming? I'm trying to tie this fucker up. God, fucking people don't appreciate it anymore. It's a this point that. Tyriel leans forward and sort of calls out to you going, is there a reason for this? Uh, it might just be a bit of fun. I might have some questions, but until he starts speaking, I'm going to have to just take bit by bit, I guess. Taking his pinky, taking his foot. I wonder what else we can take before he, before he starts talking. You know, bud? Okay. Amidst him screaming, he was able to hear you saying that to Tyrael. You see him br- panting heavily. <sighs> the fuck? What the? What the fuck do you want? He started to talk properly and not like an arrogant shit. I don't know. I don't make a perception check for me. Seventeen, lovely. Uh, you look to your right, 
across the floor space of the bar and you see sitting at the table Vieris is there and you see him in the final moments of wiping his face and he is just he, he's, he's pale he's sweating and he looks as though he is just horrified and just at about five or six feet ahead of his feet you see this pool of vomit just splattered across the floor I smile sweetly at him. He feels the, the presence of your gaze on him and he turns and he's, he, he locks eyes with you for a brief second before shaking it off and sort of like trying to regain his composure. Ilara, back to you. You gonna start talking to me now, bitch? Well, that depends. What the hell do you want with me? I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, you knew a raven are. The eyes widen a little bit and go, well, yeah, I used to. He's looking, at, he's looking at Grask almost as if like, am I allowed to talk about this sort of thing or, or what? Grask just looks at him and goes, talk. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, I knew Ravenar. Yeah, I worked for him, and you worked for him for quite a long time because you do look very familiar. Not just talking about you know, uh, earlier on today. You do look very familiar. You must have worked with him for a while, am I right? A couple hundred years, maybe. I mean. And it's kind of hard to keep track how long you work for someone. God, you're in your... You Listen, I, sp I, I, sp I spend most of my days drunk and in the back room of any tavern I can get my hands on. I I'm do what I'm told. I'm about the past with Raven or not what's going on now. Who said that that's not what my past was either? Look, if you it, look, unless again, buddy. Listen, just oh, wow. get get to the point because unless you're gonna let me bleed out and die here, then well, quite frankly, I don't know what you want with me. Well, you know who I am, right? Obviously, obviously, because you said, "What the fuck am I doing here?" So you obviously know about me. You might have heard about me. You might have fought me. Actually, if you fought me, you'd be dead right now. So, well, you're you're close I'm to more, dying. I'm more wondering why the fuck you were here. Didn't expect to see you again. So, hold, hold on. Were you, were you the person that was with Ravenar, like, before, just before he died? No, I never, you the... no, I worked for Ravenar, I never met him. Right, right, okay, okay, okay. So what did you, before, we know, before you were pissed, what did you do with Ravenar? Like, what did he have you do? He had me doing... Low-level jobs, intimidation, racketeering, you know, shaking people down, you know, the odd, you know, just general shit. You know, I'm not exactly high up in the fucking pay grade. Oh, well, who was your superior then? Nobody that's alive to tell the tale now. 
Could you stop being a fucking stubborn bastard? Listen, lady, I'm answering your questions. You asked who my superiors were, and I'm telling you, no one that's alive today to tell a tale. Hell, he fucking, uh -huh. he fucking killed most of them, and he, he cocks his head over to the side where Graskis sat. And at this point, you look over and Graskis, uh, he's leant back in the chair with the, the keg in his hand, just with this sort of half-cocked uh, smile on his face, almost like he's proud of getting a little bit of recognition for wiping out several members of Ravenar's crew. Uh, you've got to have something to tell me, otherwise I'm going to get a bit happy with cutting you up a bit more, so you might want to tell me everything you did for Ravenar. And then you're going to need to ask for some specifics. I mean, you're asking, no offense, lady, but your questions are kind of broad. I want to know why the fuck he was hunting down a drow girl. All right? Hunting Surely you would have fuck you'd have mentioned it somewhat, a little bit. Look out for a little girl a bit of a fucking murdering fucking cunt. Surely, surely that would be fucking mentioned. Out of surely. Out of session. Yeah. Is this before or after you became a bounty hunter? Before. 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 He looks at you and goes, Revenar was sick and twisted. If he was hunting children, he must have needed a reason. But people like me weren't privy to that. I mean, we were told go here, do this. I, 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 I never once got orders to hunt down a child. I kind of, you know, I don't know whether I could consider myself lucky about that now, but I never once was given orders to hunt down a child. I, I know those who were, but again, they're not around to tell the tale. You see him his eyes are darting off to the side, uh, signaling to Grask. He's just like, listen, I'm not the smartest man on this plane, but I'm assuming this little drow girl is you. I want answers. And I'm doing my I best to give them to you. Information. I'm or doing. I'm going to kill you. I'm doing All my right? best to give you information here, but I'm, I'm low order. I'm, I'm bottom of the fucking food chain. Hell, even Whitey over here, pale face, that you know emo kid over there, spewing his guts up. Think about him like that again, and you're dying right now. You see Vieras just stand up and make his way over a little bit closer. He's just like, excuse me. Vieras, you stand the fuck back, mate. You see uh, Tyriel's actually got her hand on his chest, almost like a hold on a second. He's just like, I can't be fucking bothered with this shit anyway. And he just goes back and sits down. And it's at this point that Grask just looks over at the man and goes, We've made it very clear that you're low on the pecking order. So, 
just tell my friend here what she wants to know. And I might be able to make sure you walk out of here alive. But, then again, even my persuasive elements have their, own, their limitations. We're going to take a break from this scene. We're going to jump over to Zaris. But, before we do, Anon, with everything that's going on, in the Orcish Claw, is there anything that you yourself would like to say or do? Nah, she's just kicking back watching all of this unfold. Okay then. So, Zaris, uh, I will say that Ilara's situation so far has taken, I'd say, 15 minutes. So, you make your way through the northeastern sector of Darktoe. You go past the general store, which is easy enough to recognize you've been there once before. You know that you, you, you can tell by the, the surrounding buildings that you're in the commerce section of the city. Uh, you can see various uh, grocery stalls and storefronts located around this part. You see a couple of bakeries, you see a couple of very small time in comparison to the, Orc the Orcish Claw, you see small time taverns, a couple of alehouses, you know, nothing fancy, but generally like the working population version of the Orcish Claw. And you see this very small in comparison, both in sort of like the, the width of the building as well as like the height of it, like the, there's a significant height difference between the roof of this building and the other ones um you see this thatch and wooden building with a circular sign hanging from a post it's not the best made sign in the world but it's and it's an attempt to carve a clock into it and in the center of the clock you see that there is a, a carving of a diamond and you can put two and two together to come to the understanding that this could be the jewelers uh, that Grask was referring to. You walk in, and behind the counter is this middle-aged, half-elven male with red, shocking red hair that is tied back in a ponytail that's been tied in uh, different segments uh, in its length. He's wearing a very a very faded obviously well-worn uh, purple shirt and he is in the middle of doing some kind of work on what looks to be a pocket watch. He hears the bell ding as the door opens and he looks up and sees you enter and go, ah, good morning. How might I be of assistance to you today? I will walk in and bid him a good morning as well and look to him and say, so I come to you with a very special trinket that I have just but a few questions that I need to have you answer for me. However, before I show you this trinket, I need to make a couple of things relatively clear okay well 
feel free to take a seat, sir. I'll be happy to answer any questions, provided that I, uh, I have the knowledge to do so. Uh, I'll, I'll pull up a chair and sit, uh, somewhere to where that me and him can talk face to face. And, so um, you pull a, you pull a chair up to the counter. It's, uh, it looks to be like a, a bar stool that's sort of like been rather five finger discountedly, uh, you know, acquired. It's a little bit rocky as you sit on it. It's not like the legs aren't per like all the same length. Um, the cushioning's a little bit tired and torn. Whereas he I'm gonna is, use, I'm gonna use one of my uh, cantrips to make the stool steady. <laughs> okay, because that's because that's bothering me. <laughs> he he notices you doing this, and he goes, "Huh, it's a shame you can't. It's, it's a shame you do that with ice. It would be great if you did that with wood, because I've been mm, well. I just I haven't had the time to sand down those three legs to make the other ones all the same. Anyway, sir, um." You said you had a trinket for me. I do. Um, like I said, though, I, I have some conditions before I show you this trinket. Um, and I and I'm willing to pay good money in order for you to meet these conditions. Well, anything outside of a standard consultation fee would uh, depend on what the conditions are. Consultation fee is going to run you about five gold. I'm willing to pay more than that for these conditions. Okay, well. Uh, uh, so, I have several questions about this trinket. If you're capable of answering these questions and doing so under the radar with without anybody knowing outside of just you and me. So the conversation that we're about to discuss is solely between just you and me. Nobody uh, else knows about it. Ah, uh, you're looking for a little bit of discretion. Okay, so then sure, I can I can provide discretion. Okay. That's the first thing. Second thing is that any information that you do have that pertains to arcane knowledge that you can give to me immediately, I would like to have that, and I will pay good money for that. You see him lean ever so slightly back, and it's more of a a curiosity vibe that you're getting off of him because of this. He's looking at you and goes, huh. I know, I, I'm going to be honest with you, sir. I don't get many people asking uh, or bringing around trinkets into my store that have arcanic properties to them. So my information with regards to this may be somewhat limited. I'll still do my best, but, you know, just... Well, Understand. That, I'm I'm a I'm a simple jeweler here, sir. I don't necessarily. That brings me to my third point. If this is not arcane, but leads into something of a different sort, that being of a religious aspect, and you detect that instead, I would like to know that information, and I will pay good money for that. Okay. Well. Let's have a look at it. Let me see what you got there. 
I'll pull out the the, the trinket. Okay. Uh, and I'll slide it on the table. Okay. So I'm gonna make this roll first. Okay. You see him very tentatively, very carefully pick up the the remnants of the the amulet. He he turns it over in his hands ever so slightly a couple of times. He examines the uh the jeweler's mark that's on the back bottom portion of it. You see him pull out a little uh a little crystal and he holds it up to his eye and he looks and looks through it into the uh into the back of the amulet and he goes, Well, it's certainly not homemade. It's definitely made by a registered jeweler or a craftsman of some kind. Zayuri made. Really good quality. It's made out of... You see him, he puts a crystal down and he, he puts the amulet in between his teeth and he bites it gently. He, he removes it from his mouth and he goes, Ah, yes, yeah, so that's, that's what I thought, yeah. It's gold-plated, but it's nickel underneath. This is, uh... Despite it being good quality, it's uh, definitely not as fancy as it lets on. And you see him... He turns, to, he turns behind him, and there's a bookshelf of uh, about seven or eight different books. Uh, one that he picks up, as he places it down on the... On the counter, you get a glimpse of the title, and the title reads "Zayuri Jewelry Crafting Basics." He flips through the pages ever so slightly. He flips through a couple of the pages before he lands on uh, one page where the writing's in Elvish, but the the header is in Common, uh, and the header reads Amdale. You see him reading the page and looking back from the book to the amulet, but it's from, you know, back and forth for a couple of seconds. He places the amulet back on the, the counter and slides it, not all the way over to you, but sort of like in a halfway point. He looks and says, Okay, sir, so first, first initial uh, reactions to this is gold-plated nickel. It's registered, meaning it's a, a, a recognized jeweler. It's Zayuri made, so it's not imported, it's not counterfeit, it's not uh, contraband goods of any kind. So it's obviously been through the official channels, you know, any taxes that have been paid for this are obviously there. Um, that being said, though, like I said a couple seconds ago, it's definitely not as fancy as it lets on. Uh, it's... Likely that this was made in the city of Amdale, or in the capital city of Amdale, by, I would say, any jeweler in the economic sector, or hell, if, if somebody of low economic standing was to approach one of the higher-end jewelers, then there's always the possibility that they'd have put this together for them. Though I don't know of any high-end jewelers who would just gold plate nickel. They would probably just resort to 
crafting out of gold. How did you happen to come by this, sir? I was on my way to doing a uh, a task and found it upon the road, and it had embedded into the amulet an odd crystal. And when I put it on, the crystal was quote-unquote cursed, which I, of course, removed the curse, thankfully. Uh, but the crystal itself shattered, and all that was left was the amulet. And the, the amulet and the, the gem that is now shattered piqued my curiosity as something happened while being cursed that pertained to something that has to do with my back, my, my, myself. And I would like to know more. So that's why I came for some information as far as the amulet is concerned and trying to figure out if there is anything that would lead me down to figure out where this amulet came from and possibly who made it, who made the gem and so on and so forth. Go ahead and make either a deception or a persuasion roll, whichever way you're trying to spin this. Uh... And then once you make that roll, we will briefly jump back over to Alara. Let, let me know which one of those two you're choosing as well. It would be a deception. Okay. So, we'll jump back over to Ilara for the next part of her scene. So, Ilara, mm -hmm. floor, floor is yours. I really fucking suggest you, like, just tell me more than... You, you, there's obviously something more you're fucking letting on. And the fucking mood I'm in, I'm just tempted just to fucking kill you, mate, so... Really? If there's even some, if even something doesn't seem important, fucking say for your benefit. Because you, I will just fucking kill you. You see that although you've managed to stop the the rapid blood loss, you see that the rag that you tied to the stump where his foot was has now completely saturated with blood, and there is like drips coming through it. So, anymore. I mean, it, it's not like it's not a matter of you're going to need another one. I mean, like I said, you've stopped the the rapid blood flow, but you see that he is now sweating and he's grown a little bit paler from the blood loss and the trauma, understandably. Um, you see him; he's he's looking you dead in the eyes, and his eyes are bloodshot and just. He, his eyes are darting from side to side, almost like he doesn't know where to look. And he just tries, he tries his best to straighten up, almost like he's trying to show a little bit of resolve. Like he's trying to put on like a, a brave front to this, but he's not trying to act cocky or anything. It's just like he's trying not to show weakness of any kind. And he just goes, look, lady, I... I don't know what information it is that you're looking for. 
I mean, I've already told you. I ain't never had orders to go and hunt down a child. I ain't had no orders to do anything outside of the list of jobs that Ravenar had me do. But, and he looks to Grask, and he just says, Rumor has it that not all of Ravenar's crew were rounded up and given the offer that our host here extended to us. Some, depending on who you ask, some say that once Ravenar died, everybody disbanded. Ten sheets to the wind, every direction, that kind of thing, if you, don't get, my, if you get my drift. I heard stories, some went to live in Arcata, some went to live here in Zayuri, some went to live in the Tribal Plains, some went to live in Amdale, some went to live in the Theocracy, because they'd found the Deliverer, and you know, turned to faith and all that. I mean... It's, it's stories. I mean, obviously, without Ravenar, everything unraveled, and we all fell to shit. I mean, we work for Grask now. We're not part of the Dark Kings, but... We work for him. Or Ravenar's organization is no more. His entire network is no more. So, I don't... I, I mean, it's been, it's been a long, a long time. I mean, you're asking me to go back nearly a century. And you're, you're I mean. All right, if let's make this easier. If, you. you're, if you're trying to tell well, me that you've spent a century tracking down my former associates. I, wow. I, I don't know what to say. Alright, topic change then. How about we move the topic on to me, Disembowler. That name surely came up. Surely. There must have been something, some goss or some plans they were going on about or something. Surely. I mean, hold on. Okay. You see him, he takes a, a, like, literally just a second before a, a look of realization washes over his face. He looks and goes, you're, you're the disemboweler. No. No, 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 no. Oh no! And he hey, he, lo he looks to Grask, and he he looks to Grask, and he went, "You fucking brought me here to die. You brought me here knowing I'd never walk out of here alive." You don't look at him. You look at me, and you fucking tell me. I know your reputation. I know that anyone that you do this to never makes it out alive. You don't leave witnesses. You don't leave survivors. I mean, you're alive right now. 
for the time you tell being. tell me a bit more information, I'm sure I can let you live. Here, Grask, if I decide to make this person live... Okay. You gonna give it an item? You, you, you cut out a little bit there, so you might want to repeat that. Sorry, I was trying to go away from the mic for a bit more effect there, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here, Grask, if I let this person live, we'll... You guys talk about what happened here? What happens in these walls stays between these walls. I, I, I trust, I trust this guy, buddy. Well, first of all, I'm not actually asked what your fucking name was yet. What is your name? He looks at you and just go, he, he just gives a simple reply. Cool, calm, and collected. He just says, is my name really going to make a difference? Put it this way, your name's either gonna be so I can remember, or it's gonna be in a fucking tombstone. So, name. Chop chop, name. Rydar. Rydar. Well. Hold on. Holding on. Well, you're hanging there. Of course, you're gonna hold on. No, I'm holding on. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to figure out where your angle is with this, Alara. Oh, I my head. God. I think Alara just said my head, but I'm not entirely sure. This is out of session just now. My head. Oh. God. God. I'm gonna need a minute. <laughs> oh God, right. Rydar. Okay. You, you, I'm sure you had something else because as soon as you went, no, 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 I'm sure this wasn't you thinking you were gonna die. I'll, 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 I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. Tell me what you heard about the disemboweler. What I just plans heard, were it? I just, I just, I just heard you. I just heard you don't leave no survivors. Aye, but I'm sure Ravenar was quite. Uh, would have mentioned a bit about that particular name. I mean, I mean, everyone seems to fucking know my name. I mean, I've told I, you. I, I never I've told my you. Name. I've told you. I worked for Ravenar. I never. I never met him. I never got close to him. So, how am I supposed to know what his conversation circles are like? God, you're fucking useless. Why could, why does he grunt? Oh. You see, Grask just look over and goes, Hey, this is the only guy I could find at short notice. Grask, you're fine. You're fine. Just. Was hoping this one would, I was hoping this one would know a bit more than just how to peel potatoes, but. It's it's fine. I I can finish up quickly. Rydar, are you sure there's nothing else you can give? I mean, because I'm, I can I, decide whether you live or you die. You're probably gonna kill me anyway, so I'm pretty sure you've already made up your mind. 
I mean, I might, you know, I might be thinking you need to live right now. I might be thinking you need to die. I, as, as long as that's all the information you can give, you know, I'm not normally this nice to people. I'm not normally speaking this much to people, so well, normally I'm doing it in a. Well, I don't know how much else I can. I don't know what else I can say. So, you know, nothing else. Not even a small detail. Something that might have seemed minuscule. No. <sighs> you dwarf that passed me the cloth. Huh? Over here. Okay. You see him get up and hobble the five or ten feet until he gets over to you. You look over at the table and every shot glass that was that was there is now empty. He is uh he's been sat there just chunking shots of this whiskey whilst you've been interrogating this guy. Grask, I'm not finished yet, but he's not gonna move. Just Take the things off him, off his arms. Drop them on the floor. You see Grass sort of lean back and put the keg back on the table and just go, Alright, you insist. He snaps his fingers and the, the tethers disapparate and you see Rydar's arms just fall to their sides. But he's on the floor, so... Right, you, dwarf dude. Huh? I want you to sit... On his stomach. No, so a wee bit lower than his stomach, more just like the kind of upper thighs. No, you're not doing what I think you you do what you think you're gonna do. Just sit there or hold him. Your choice. Or just give us a floor show. You see the dwarf sort of switch between Anon and yourself, Alara, and he's like, "I'm hella confused. I I I can just sit and on him I down from the bottom half." Okay, and he just sits on the, the guy's legs. And then I'm going to take my... I think I've still... Yeah, no, no. I'm going, I'm going to take the rapier, right? Mm-hmm. Rydar, any family? Not much family in this line of work. I mean, general family, I'm idle chit-chat. Uh, I mean, my mother and father are out there somewhere. Hell knows where they are, but they're out there somewhere. And you chose to work for Ravenar. First of all, I've got to say, bad fucking move. If you didn't work with him, we wouldn't be talking here, you know? Starting, to, st starting to realize that. Do what you gotta do. I'll meet my maker with a smile on my face. The rapier is going to cut along the stomach, sort of into close to intestine area, but like a kind of across the stomach, like from like uh, right to left. Yep. Well, I'm going to make a roll for that though. So. Uh, yeah, one d twenty plus four, and do so with advantage since he is technically prone and has a fucking dwarf sat on his leg, so it's not like he's going anywhere. So the first of the rolls, 17. Yeah. Next of the rolls, 23. Yeah, yeah, but if you can pick either one, both of those will hit. 23? Yeah. Uh, oh. Your damage is 1d8 20. plus 2, I believe. 
I don't mind killing him instantly, but... I mean, you're, I mean, I'm not saying this is going to be an instant kill, but you're still doing damage. You've hit the guy, and I, you know, this is your damage roll. Nine. Nice. Okay. Uh, describe your, describe your attack. So I'm, so as the dwarf is sort of, I don't know what where he decided to pin the guy down from the bottom half. I don't know if he uses his hands or sat on him, but he's, I'm he's, sort of like... He's just sat, like, he is sat with his ass on this guy's knees, but he's facing, like, sideways. So he, he's looking over towards Grask, whereas Rydar is laid out, like, in the direction of Tyrael in a straight line. So this guy, this dwarf is looking to your left. He's facing your left. Towards right, well, this point, like, imagine, right, okay, so, I'm sort of, his head, his, his, his line sort of facing up from the floor, right? Mm -hmm. My legs on either side of him, sort of, yeah, yeah. You're, the stomach, you're straddling him, you're straddling him, yeah. First, I kind of, it's a kind of quick slash I do with my rapier, so I'm mm -hmm. going to, sort of right to left, quick slash, and then I'm going to grab intestine. Oh, okay. As the intestine sort of, sort of, so that'll be my left hand, sort of my hand goes in, grabs the intestine, pulls out, I want to wrap it around his neck. Uh, go ahead and make a dexterity check. I'll say that your, your blades, your blade connects with his abdomen and you watch as the, uh, the flesh cuts apart and blood begins to form a pool on either side of him. I'm obviously not going to narrate it, but there's obviously screaming because, you know, this is not a painless thing to do. And, uh, yeah. And? Saying, yeah, I'll say that you you do a, a mediocre job of wrapping it around his neck. And then, uh, I wrap it around a couple of times, well, whatever bit I've got, yeah, because much yeah. of the can around the neck. And then I am going to sh shout the dwarf, keep holding. You just see the, the dwarf, he's going paler and paler and paler as this all goes on. He's try he's just looking Grask dead in the fucking eyes, and he's just like, what the fuck? Uh, as the test I wrapped around his neck, so I sort of put my rapier down the ground at that point. Or throw it away somewhere, and I'm just lifting up his sort of head. Right. So I'm kind of so, like, I'm kind of choking him with his own intestine. Okay. Uh, go ahead and make a strength check for me. Uh, my strength check is... Da -da 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 -da. Okay. It's so play D20. Yeah. Oh, shit! <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, you have a hard time as you're leaning over Rydar's body, and you, you're trying to... You're trying to get a good grip on what is now blood-soaked clothing, but it's ever so slightly too slick, and it just he you know your grip loosens and it slips out of your fingertips, and you watch his Rydar's body and his 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 upper body falls back to the ground. It falls about six or eight inches. You didn't manage to lift him up too much. So is he still alive at this point? Or is he he's he's choking to death, but at the moment he's still alive. It depends on what you're about to do next. Right, so as I'm sort of still holding on to the intestines, I'm like, you had a chance 
to do better. Shame you're on the wrong fucking side. And then I'm going. To, I still have my cleaver on me. I believe that I stole from that. Yes, you do. Thing. I listened to that episode not that long ago, and holy fuck! I I am sorry, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. If you've listened to the, uh, I believe the title of that episode is "Math is Hard." Uh, if you've listened to that episode, then Jesus Christ. So, okay. Right. So I'm going to take the cleaver, right? Uh, as I'm still, so I'm looking this guy dead in the eyes as he's choking. Now I want to have the cleaver, and I want—he's sort of seems to be setting up a wee bit, and I want to cut straight down from the top of his head as far as that cleaver can go, straight down. Are you talking like from forehead down to the nose, down to the lips, down down the throat, and then down that uh, the sternum, like a like a slice? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, so you're trying to, like, basically open him up like a fucking book. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, roll a 1d20 plus 2. Okay. I'll say that you... Roll it with advantage, actually. Yeah. (laughs) I keep forgetting to tell you to roll with advantage, and it's my bad, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, the first roll was a better roll. Oh, Jesus, fuck, yeah, yeah, that's, that, oh, yeah, first roll was a much better roll, holy shit. Uh, okay, so, his, a- his AC was 10, so a 12 definitely, definitely hits. Go ahead and roll, uh, 1d8 plus... Actually, yeah, one d eight plus two, same damage for your for your rapier. Six, you you manage to get the length of the cut that you're looking for, but it doesn't go as deep as you're hoping it would. Um, the the skin on the forehead is obviously not very thick, and it's very close to the bone, so you don't get a lot of bleeding there, and it doesn't get the the the, the desired effect when it gets when the blade gets to the uh the throat you you're getting caught up in the in the heat of the moment and the the bloodlust and the the sheer brutality of it and you're it's almost like you're it's almost like the pressure that you're putting on the blade it's it's letting up you're not trying to get you you're subconsciously not putting it as deep as you intended and it's it's enough to to do a, a serious injury but it's not like going all the way through as you hit the sternum very similarly to the forehead it's, you know the skin's very close to the bone it doesn't get the the full effect that you're looking for so when you get down to where the abdominal incision that you made earlier is you you got a you got a decent sort of like semblance of the the result you wanted but like i said you are caught up in the Sorry, I've got the fucking hiccups now. Holy shit. You're caught up in the, the bloodlust and the brutality of it, and you uh, you stand back and you look at your work and you go, okay, I could have done a little bit better. Fuck. Um. Well. I will now say that this guy is dead. Yeah. There's no, fu- well. there, there's no fucking way he was going to survive that. Oh, if 
Okay, you cut out there a little bit, uh, Ilera, so you might want to repeat that. Sorry? You cut out ever so slightly, so you might want to repeat that. If only you knew just a little bit fucking more, you arrogant fucking shit! Oh, you little... All you, you had to do was tell me a bit more information, or I've listened to your job, you can't. Anon, you see Tyriel stand up from her seat at the table and begin to make her way over to Alara. Alara, you feel a hand on your shoulder, your right hand shoulder. At that point, I'm just going to turn around, not going to have shock, just like, what the fuck? You see Tyriel about four feet away from you. Just this very apprehensive, I didn't mean to startle you look on her face. She just looks at you and goes, I don't know what you're working through. Whether it be trauma, grief, anguish, or a mixture of all of those and more. But I have never witnessed firsthand a kill that bloody. I, I've never seen. Right. I've never seen someone dispatch an adversary in such a way. And she just take it from me. You, 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 you live the way I have. You put up the shit I have. This is tame. I used to do worse. She hands you a glass, and it's filled with this very, very, very deep crimson red liquid, and just she just says, "Here, this one's on me." Where? She she's just handing you a glass. I'll just fucking do it. Okay. At this uh, point, though, I am going to sort of kind of do something before the swap over thing. Yeah, I'm just going to sort of look, 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 look at Anon and just sort of not say anything, but look and kind of give a look off. Look, I'm sorry, you had to see that kind of thing, but I'm not going to say it. I'm just going to try and give her a look. Anon, make an insight check. Okay, okay. <laughs> Dirty 20 on the inside. Okay. You look at Ilara and you see that the look she's giving you is one of apprehension laced with a little bit of guilt. It's almost <clears throat> it's almost like it's an un, it's an unspoken apology. And there is there is a definite layer of very heavy apprehension and sort of seeking out a reaction from you almost as if Ilera is looking at you and trying to gauge what your physical and verbal response is with regards to what's just happened Oh, I was just fucking loving this. She's cackling the entire fucking time. 
just going, yes, fucking do it. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's my fiance. That's my fiance, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, we are gonna switch on back over to Zaris, who <laughs> rolled a seventeen for deception. Huh? What? What? You done eating pickles? What? You done eating pickles yet, Zaris? No, I got steak. Pickles, Zaris. You got. <laughs> you went and cooked a fucking steak. No, mom brought me steak. Oh. Okay, well, put the steak down, Tony. It's time to play D and D. The stakes are high. The stakes are high. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake, Alara. <laughs> okay. Although those pickles were very good, I made home for those that are listening. I made homemade uh, ranch pickles. Okay. They are very good. Okay. With <sighs> your with your seventeen for deception, the jeweler is standing there, taking into uh, consideration the somewhat bullshit, somewhat truth that you have just laid out in front of them with regards to how you came by the amulet. Uh, he looks at you and says, well, sir, you, you mentioned this was cursed, and if we're going to be operating on a agreement of non-disclosure and discretion, then I'm going to need to inquire as to Exactly what happened to you when you felt the effects of this quote-unquote curse that you mentioned. But before you do, I'd like you to make a perception check. This is one, this is one roll I ho oh you, wait, you don't have any modifier to your perception? Nope. Wow. That makes this even more hilarious then. <laughs> you you hear the jeweler speaking and as he as he finishes speaking, it's almost like the word cursed echoes in and around the room, and all you hear is cursed, 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 cursed. Oh, what is this strange sensation? Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh do you, how do you respond? Um, I'll say that I I was um, possessed in a way that I was not physically here that uh, an entity possessed my body and tried to take take over my body. Okay, sir. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. I don't quite know what to do with that information. I mean, I well, can... I, I can... Again, the, the crystal itself is shattered. So the, the crystal itself is gone. So I'm not, I'm not worried about that part. It, it's it's the fact of that all the only information I need now is where this was crafted from. That's it. Oh, I can if I can I can if always. I can figure out where that is, where it was located from, where it was uh, the origins of where this was made from. I can go from there. He 
He looks to you and says, I can almost certainly tell you now that this was made in the capital. This okay. is this is not some sort of craftsmanship that you're going to see in a place that is not as wealthy as the capital. This looks to be like it was either made in a very small batch. There is a there is a number on the, the bottom of the jeweler's mark. Um which would usually indicate that this is made as part of a batch. This is not the only one of its kind. So either this was made for someone who had use for multiple of these, or they were made for a, a group of individuals. This one's labeled number five. So there's a minimum of four others out there. Um, but feel free to, you know, ascertain and like take from that what you will. I, I am, I'm afraid I don't recognize the jeweler's insignia, the, the jeweler's mark. Um, I haven't been to the capital in a very long time, so it is entirely possible that a new jeweler has set up business there and that jeweler was the one that was used. I Can you that... show me the mark? Because I have not seen the mark yet. Uh, the jeweler's mark is a, is a very small, probably about a half inch, uh, half inch tall little indentation on the, the backside of the amulet. And it takes the, the form of a crescent moon. Uh, okay. He, he looks at you and says, jeweler's marks are nothing... Nothing elaborate. They're never anything intricate. It's, they're they're often uh, a symbol and a, an initial or a, a a pairing of initials. Something that is easily identifiable to track down the the manufacturer. But as I have already told you, sir, I have I have no knowledge of who created this this particular item. Um, you see him skimming through more pages in that particular chapter. And you, you see that as quick as he's skimming through, you see different um, different symbols that you can assume are, you know, records of different uh, jeweler's marks. And he gets to the, the end of the chapter and he just says, I'm sorry, sir, there's no record of this particular jeweler's mark in my book. Um, I, if you would be so inclined as to give me a brief moment, I will, I, I would really like to uh, update my, my journal here and just to document the very basics of this jeweler's mark so that, you know, in, in future, I can do my own investigations on this and my own research. Now you're going to make me think whether or not I should let him do that or not. I mean, he's only, he's just asking to write down some information. Well, I want you to think, I want you to think about it from my perspective though. And I want you to think about it logically that technically, technically that contradicts what I told him to do because in all retrospects, what if somebody comes in later on down the line and asks him for the same information that is within that group in all technicality, 
and traces it back to me and starts coming to look for I me. I mean, you can you can relay that to them. You can relay your concerns. But you I'll can you, you can you can get a sense of just the way he was he was making that request. Is that he's he's doing this from a curiosity standpoint. He's you know, he's he's found a new jeweler. He's found what looks to be the existence of a jeweler that he doesn't recognize. But, uh, yeah, it's it's not the fact of that that I don't suspect him of like you know doing anything of wrongdoing. Like I, I understand that his curiosity is getting the better uh, the best of him, and that that part I understand. It's the fact that that I'm thinking from a logistics standpoint uh, that I'm thinking like. Every everything that I think of is like on a chessboard. I think two steps ahead, right? Where I'm playing everything like a chessboard, where I'm playing my pieces in a certain way, where he's asking for this information. I'm seeing it as like, yeah, he might be curious about this information, and he's seeing it as like, oh, I'm I'm wanting this information because that this has piqued my curiosity because this is a new jeweler that I've never heard about. And this is exciting information. I'm seeing it as, oh shit, if I give him this information and something happens down the line where somebody comes up and asks for the same information that is trying to hunt me down and it tracks back to me and they come and find my ass, I could potentially be in a lot of fucking trouble. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah, I get it. I get it. I know where you're coming from. But um, yeah, like I said, you can you can role play that out with them and relay your concerns and see how it goes. Um so Okay, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say it in I'm not gonna say it in a threatening way, I'm gonna say it in more of like a polite gesture as like relaying the concerns of the statement that I made earlier. So I'm going to say something along the lines of like, so while I understand that you see this as an opportunity of being able to expand upon your store, that you see this as a growing opportunity because you just found a new jeweler that you have not heard of yet. I have my own concerns that uh, this could potentially lead back towards me and could cause me some trouble. So is it possible that you could jot down a, just enough information to where that it could not lead back to me? You see him. He picks up the amulet again. He turns it over. He he retakes the uh, the the jewel that he was using to to look through at the the jeweler's mark, and you see him set the amulet down just in front of the book that he's got, and it's the book's uh, opened onto a blank page. You see him take the the hand that's his. You see him take his free hand, and he hovers it above the the blank page. And not taking his eye off of looking through the jewel, you see this arcane energy form on the palm of his hand. And slowly, you begin to see the scribing of a replication of the jeweler's mark in the center of the page. 
above it, you see a list of subheadings. You see origin, dot, dot, unknown. Maker, dot, dot, unknown. You see the list of materials that you believe that he believes this amulet is made out of nickel gold plating um stuff like that he notes that the chain is made out of uh an alloy to prevent from rusting and uh tarnishing you see him pull his hand away and he takes the jewel away from his eye puts it back in the casing that it's uh off to his right and you see him Turn the book around to you so you get a proper uh, line of sight on what he's, he's inscribed in the book. And he goes, this is very vague, sir. But hopefully this will be to your satisfaction. If you will permit me to keep at least these details, then I will be happy. Okay. Okay. I, I mean, as long as it's that vague and yeah. it doesn't oh, yeah, it relate. Yeah. yeah. You see um, him... You see him close the book, puts it back on the shelf. Uh, the amulet's uh, sat back on the, on the countertop. He comes back over to you and says, So, is there any other questions before we move on to the matter of payment? Um... No. No? No. No. Okay. I thought I, I thought about it and I was like, no, nah, I'm gonna wait. <laughs> okay. You see him he he holds his fingers up and he's sort of like he's doing counting in midair, sort of like flicking through an uh an invisible abacus. And he goes, Consultation fee five gold. Discretion I'll say tack on another gold. Um I didn't really ascertain anything magical or religious from this, so there's no, no extra charge. Yeah, we'll, 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 we'll go ahead and say six gold all in all, sir. Okay. That's fine. Thanks. I'll, I'll give him, um, I'll give him ten. You see him, uh, look at the coins as they're stacked on the counter, and he, he just says, Oh, that's, that is very kind of you, sir. Um, I appreciate that. There is no need, though. I don't like to overcharge my customers. This is more of a generosity thing of the fact that you help, helped me with the situation that I needed help with. So this is a, a token of kindness for, for, from a satisfied customer. Okay. He takes the coins, he pops them into, uh, you hear them clink into a small box behind the counter. He just goes, well, sir, if that's all that I can be of assistance for you today, then I wish you the best of luck in ascertaining more knowledge with regards to the item that you have in your possession. Uh, maybe in future, uh, before you put on any jewelry that you believe may even have the faintest uh, essences of arcane property to them, Maybe consult an arcanist just to make sure that whatever you went through with this item doesn't replicate itself again in the future. Uh, I'll laugh and say, uh, my dear friend, I'm a sage. Curiosity is my forte. Yeah, well, I, you know the old Vardorian sayings there, curiosity killed the cat. 
I'll chuckle and I'll bow my head and I'll walk out. Okay. You exit the the jewelers. Are you going back to the Orcish Claw? Um. No, I want to go and find the informant. Okay. Uh, you wander the streets for another 10 to 15 minutes and you come to what looks to be just a very inconspicuous looking building that just has a very simple sign outside it that says records. Uh, you walk in, there's no bell, uh, but the door creaks as, as it opens and it takes the form of this very very cluttered, almost hoarders-like level of uh of clutter. It's just this very simple <coughs> sorry. It's a very simple storefront looking uh aesthetic. It's got a bench on the left hand side that looks like it could sit a couple of people, and then there's this large um sort of like office-esque desk that is Currently sitting a rather rotund, uh, middle-aged, I'd say like late 50s human male. He's sort of hunched over uh, with a, a quill and ink and he's just sort of uh, scribbling details into various pieces of parchment. Scoring... That wasn't meant to happen. Uh, making wild scores across pages as he's sort of like trying to erase uh, data from other pages as well. As he hears the door opens, he looks up and goes, Who the fuck are you? I'm a friend of Grask's, and I am here for some information. You and see, I would like to be discreet about it. You see him drop the quill, and he just goes, Oh shit. What did I do? You didn't do anything, friend. Sometimes that's the problem. I, I hold up a hand in peace. You didn't do anything, friend. I'm here on my own free will. I'm not here to harm you. I'm here for some information. I was told by Grask that you may have it. I am even willing to pay you gold if you can give it. You see him sort of relax a little bit as he adjusts himself in his chair and just goes, All right, take a seat. Tell me what you want. I take a seat. The, the questions I'm about to ask you is between me and you, and I'm willing to pay good money for it. But if you have this information, I would like for you to tell me all that you know. Do you know anything about this symbol? And I show him the symbol of the, the half moon that I got from the jeweler store. Give me one second. Fuck in hell. Okay. When I said I was done rolling that 20s, I was obviously wrong. Okay. Uh, that's a 25. You see him, he takes a look at the, uh, at the symbol, and he, he has a really peer at it. And he just goes, yeah, it's a jeweler's mark from Amdale. 
probably from the judging by the looks of the quality of the item, I'd say upper side of the economic sector. I mean, it's it's not actual gold. In fact, hold on, and he sort of pinches it between his teeth. And he goes, "Okay, it's gold plated, but this is definitely something that looks like it's disguised to look fancy." But that's not important. Symbols definitely of a, a jeweler who's been commissioned. This isn't like your run of the mill uh jewelers that you would just find anywhere. The, the this is this is something that was made by a commission. This is a this is a set of five. Have you got the other four? No, unfortunately. Okay. Well that's what I'm look that's what I'm currently looking for is the other four. Oh well, well it's definitely Amdale, definitely capital made. Um Upper East Side of the economic sector would be my best bet. Either that, or and this is unlikely, but it could have been commissioned by someone who does jewelry for nobles or the crown. I don't know why they wouldn't just go through the trouble of using 100% gold for it, though, unless the person's lower nobility or on a budget. But if you're on a budget, why wouldn't you just go to a regular jeweler anyway? That's, you know, people are dumb. Anyway. Um, yeah. Anything else you want to know? Um, outside of character. Yes. When we were at the cave... Yes. Did um, what's her face? Lucinda Grohl mentioned the name of the group that she was with. No. Okay. Um, all she mentioned was that she works for someone with a lot of power. So it's an Armdale. You saying that in character? No, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm trying to put pieces together. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to put, I'm trying to put puzzle pieces together and trying to ask the the correct questions because if I fuck this up, you ain't got shit, boy. Because puzzles is hard. Listen, puzzles, it's, you know, puzzles are puzzling, man. That's why they're called puzzles. Math is hard, puzzles are hard. Being nice is hard. <laughs> well, I mean, you guys have, you guys have certainly given testament to uh, the chaotic side of this party, so I'm, I'm rather interested to see how this plans out. I ended at the start of episode two, so I don't... Jesus Christ. Yeah, okay. <laughs> How you holding up there, Zaris? Is there a name for the jeweler? Do you, do we, it, I'm asking this in character. Um, do you happen to know the name of the jeweler? My fucking days! 
You guys are. Oh my. Okay. Okay. For the listeners at home, that's another not 20. And my players can attest to that because I'm rolling a roll 20. Um, you see him. He seems spin round uh, on his chair and he. He grabs a, a large, sort of like a, like a multi-binder off of one of the shelves. He, he flips it open frantically and starts pouring through page after page after page after page. He gets about 80% of the way through the pages. And he, he finds this little, little cluster of um, square note, like pieces of note paper. They're probably about three inches square. And he's flicking through them and he, he finds something that looks somewhat akin to the jeweler's mark on the amulet. And he's, he's looking at the, the jeweler's mark and he chops and changes between the image that he's got in his hand. And he goes, well, it's, it's not 100% accurate, but this, it's kind of similar. But if it's... I don't know. I'm not 100% sure, buddy. So there's a chance that this was made by a jeweler who works exclusively for the crown. By, what, by that, I mean they're the jeweler that would be commissioned in order to make, you know, the crown that sits atop King Alfred's head or any jewelry that his pompous ass might want and you know he's not like i'm not saying that the king asked for this because let's face it you you wouldn't catch the king dead wearing a piece of jewelry this low grade but there's a chance it could be them i don't have a name but I'm sure that if you were to find yourself in the right social circles, you could probably track this jeweler down quite easily. Jewelers don't tend to go by names. They go by their marks. So, I mean, if you're... Are, are you trying to track down this jeweler? Let's say that I am. I think your best bet's to make your way into some pretty high-end social circles in the capital city. So, let's say that I am tracking him down, and I wouldn't go and ask for him by name. I would go and ask for him by his symbol, which would be a crescent moon. Mm-hmm. Essentially is what you're saying? I mean, you would... You'd probably have to ask around, and you'd have to be... Depending on what your motives are, you might have to be discreet. I mean, if, if people might get a little bit... Nervous as to why, you know, you're looking for a particular... Well, you're looking for a particular jeweler. What, what's your motive here? It... Curiosity. That's it. If curiosity is all you're going for, then yeah, I mean, if if you're if life brings you to the capital, then I would say ask around, see if anybody can point you in their direction. But like I said, this ain't no working class piece of jewelry. 
I mean, this is commissioned by someone with a lot of money. However, I don't, I don't know what else to tell you. I mean, like I said, they go by marks, not by, not by names. A whole lot easier if they just went by their name. I can tell you that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's for sure. But anyway, um, is there anything else that you need answers for? As you can probably tell, I I have a lot of uh, a lot of shit on record in this place. No, no. Okay. Um. Uh, I'll tell I'll, you what. I'll... Since since you uh. Since you didn't ask anything too challenging, I know you mentioned this when you came in here. I'm not going to charge you for this information. This is, you know, I'm not, I'm not looking for money for this. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll just chalk it up to a good deed. Fair enough. I'll put in a good word for uh, DeGrask for you, at the very least. Okay, well, appreciate it, friend. Well. Well, if that's uh, if that's all I can help you with, then you know, that's it. That yeah, that that's all I needed, friend. I just needed a little bit of information for something I'm looking for, and okay. you you did the best you that you could and led me on the right track. So that's that's all I needed. So I bid you good day and uh, farewell, friend. Okay. You and now, now I'll head back to the bar. Okay. I'll say that it takes you about 20 minutes to get back to the bar. Uh, which, by this time, Ilara, your whole ordeal will have been over. Uh, I'll say that you've got about 10 minutes before Zyrus gets back. Okay. So, Anon and Ilara, is there anything that you guys would like to do during this time before Zyrus returns? Um, at this point, I'm going to look sort of, sort of move over to Grask. And sort of kind of nod as in cheers. Sort of thing. Are you standing or sitting? Uh, well, I'm sort of moving over to Grask, so I think I'll go and sort of sit opposite him here. Okay. He just yeah. he just looks at you. He hasn't changed. He hasn't, he hasn't changed the way he's saying. He's still laid back in this chair, and he's just sitting there. Sort of like a uh, somewhere halfway between a smile and a grin on his face, and he's just like, "That was something. That that was yeah. That was God. My brother would have loved that." You're telling me no one else has done that sort of thing. I mean, we're not the nicest bunch around, but I wouldn't have used the guy's intestines to. Strangle him to death. He looks at Tyrael and just goes, Tyrael here literally removed somebody's Achilles tendon to stop them from running away. I mean, full on severed it at the heel and ripped it out of the leg. So that's the worst I've ever seen her do. Vieira's over here. He ripped out a guy's vocal cords about six months back. So, uh... <laughs> Did that guy just not shut up or... No, it would. In, in fact, I'll let Vieiras tell you. Yeah, Vieiras, why don't you come over as well and 
you, you know, see, you see Vieris, he's he's visibly like shaken by everything that's just gone down. He just goes, Yeah, it was um it was one of my first jobs for Grask, actually. He he sent me to weed out a rat that had been sort of passing on information about shipments that were going to Jorha and Grass, you told me the guy needed to be silenced, so yeah, I mean, you, you left you left me to my literally. Own. Yeah, I, I took him literally. You literally took him. <laughs> I mean, a lot, a lot of gurgling, but for lack of a better phrase, he was he he didn't speak anymore. So, yeah, um, I'm sure there's been some other funny death. Tyrell, you got any? I mean, funny Tyrell. Tyrell just takes a sip out of her glass and just goes, I mean. Guy tried to run. I removed his ability to run. That's about it, really. You see, there must have been more. Come on, guys. Come on. I mean, no. I mean, we're we're fairly. I wouldn't say laid back here, but you know, I mean, God, that even that was something. Tyrell looks uh, over her shoulder towards you, Anon, and just says, "How about you? What's your uh, what's your kill count?" You know, any have you got anything that sort of stands out? You're on push to talk, Anon. Sorry, can you repeat that? She's asking if uh if you've got any kills under your belt that stand out from from the rest. Any memorable moments. I, I don't generally deal with things that bloody. Um, I, 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 yeah. I mean, I've done some really good shots at long distances, but never usually right in there. Oh, that's okay. We can't all lead the most exciting of lives. I think Anon thought it was a fucking comedy fest the way she was laughing at that whole fucking process. <laughs> you see, you see, Vieira's just go. That shit's gonna stay with me for a while. You, you, you spewed. You, we we saw you do things you, unthinkable. You, and you spewed. You you didn't you didn't see that. That was Anon that saw that. Grask, I think you might need to. I'm doing so as a joking sense here. Grask, I think you might need to get someone to replace him if he's going to be sick at what I did. Just... <laughs> you hear Grask laugh, and he's just like, <laughs> ah, "It's okay, it's okay. We all, uh, we all have our moments." I mean, he's sick at a bit of blood. I mean, come on. Uh, it's not the blood that got me. That's all I'm saying. But oh god, okay. You Why see, does it smell like blood and puke in here? You see, uh, Zaris, as you as you walk back in, everybody's situated around. Well, Adon's hanging a little further back. Uh, the you see the three. You see Grask and Elera, Vieris, and Tyriel situated at the table, and you see the remnants of Rydar as he's bleeding out across the floor of the uh, the Orcish Claw. And you see uh, Grass just sort of give you a nod of acknowledgement and go, you find what you were looking for? To a degree. 
Well, I, uh, I need to make a confession to the three of you. Um, you guys told me when you first arrived here that you were looking for Lucinda Grohl. We had her. And had as in the past tense. One of our safe houses got hit. And uh, a couple members of the, the cross seemed to reclaim her. I don't know what they did with her. I don't know where they took her. But unfortunately, the second part of my, our bargain that I was to live up to doesn't seem to be possible anymore. So, I don't know what y'all's business here in Dark Toe is going to be now. But since I no longer have what you're looking for, I am willing to drop your involvement in what we uh we agreed that you would do that is awfully kind of you well it's just part and parcel with the territory i lost the bargaining chip so to speak he, like I mean, you guys can you guys can tell he genuinely knows nothing about what happened to you over the last 24 hours like nothing apart from the yeah. apart from the the jobs that Vieris told him that you guys did he has no knowledge oh yeah i, I plan on keeping it that way that you see same. you see Vieris uh look to you alara and just says well if anything she's probably headed somewhere he, he digs into his pack, and you see him pull out a rolled up, rather large uh, piece of parchment. He unties it, rolls it out, and it is a map of Zyuri. And he, it's, it's just dotted with landmarks, and he's got handwritten region names on it. Um, you see him... Actually, I will... I will reference the map in Discord because it's in there. It's in the pinned messages for uh, my players. You see him uh, point, he puts his finger on the, the northeastern sector of Darktoe. He just goes, this is roughly where we are. Uh, you guys came in here at the cove, made your way up the, the cliff face and find yourselves here. You already know the, uh, the Southern Gates. My best bet, which may, you know, if it was me that was on the run, I would go through the tribal plains, cut across the northwest down to the southwest, and then make your way across the northern part of the Darklands and come in through Amdale at the east. N no one in the theocracy is going to take a law official. They, they don't operate under law enforcement. It's a purely religious circle there. So Lucinda Grohl would have no reason to go there at all. Lunum, no. 
Lunam's got nothing that she would need. Like I said, my best bet, my if I was the if I was putting myself in her shoes, would probably be tribal plains, dark lands, and then make my way through into the capital. You see Grask, he sort of looks up over the map and just says, It looks to be like you got a a substantial journey on your hands. If you decide to go after her. You said that uh, the mayor of Valorandir had uh, put a bounty on her head. You're going to have to... You're going to have to uh, make good on that arrangement. You don't want intercontinental... Well, you don't want continental forces coming over here and seeking you guys out. Yeah, Vieris is right. He's, she's probably making her way to Amdale. Depending how far ahead of you she is, she could already be in the tribal plains. In which case, she's going to stick out like bollocks on a fucking hound. I mean, she's going to need some sort of security if she's going to get through the Darklands. But once she gets to Amdale's borders, you might lose her. I'm not going to lie, you might lose her. So you guys are going to need to be quick. Don't suppose any reinforcements you guys could lend us there, Grask? I mean, we're pretty tied up trying to take down the cross, so I'm afraid not. Uh, I, uh, Wait, I mean, I don't know how much y'all know about Zayuri. I don't know if y'all have ever been to the Tribal Plains. Tribal Plains is pretty peaceful. They, uh, they stick to the old ways of living here in Vardor before everything changed after the Blood War. They, uh, they don't, they, they didn't adopt the society the same way that we did. You know, we revolutionized, we, we built, you know, we built cities, we built trading connections. They, they're tribals, you know, they're scavengers, hunters, resource gatherers, farmers, you know, the way we used to be back before the war. Pretty peaceful, you shouldn't have too much of a, a trouble getting through there. A couple of the tribes might not want you in their camps, but you should be fine. Because once you hit the Darklands, that's, uh, that's where y'all's weapons might come in a little bit handy. But, like I said, you stick to the northern ridge of the Darklands, you should be fine. Speaking of weapons, Grask. Hmm. I'm going to pull out the rapier. Anywhere I can upgrade this. That blacksmith that yours tried to steal mine, so I don't really trust him. He looks, over, he looks at it and says, Not in Dark Tone, no. We, uh... We may have fairly comparable weapons, but we ain't got nothing that can, uh... Be considered fancy around here. We we tend to smuggle our weapons in from somewhere like someplace else. But uh God, if you're if you're looking for something, you may be able to get something in the capital. Depends on how official you want to go. I mean if, if you don't have if you don't have paperwork for that, you're gonna have to sign paperwork when you get to the city borders. I mean, they're real strict when it comes to the licenses for weapons and all that. So, I don't know if you're, I, I mean, my, your, your business is your own. If you're going to the capital, just 
good luck, get your shit in order, and, uh, yeah, good luck, but, uh, you know, depending how things go, can't say you'll be welcome back here anytime soon. So, here's where I'm going to go in and say to Laura and Anon about where I think that we should go and get a, a night's rest first. And then the three of us alone should talk about it and see what our plans should be and where we should go from here. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Okay. Uh, do you say anything of that nature out loud, Zaris? I don't want to say it out loud to where everybody can hear it. I want to say it to where only Alara and Anon can hear it. What the? Slade, did you change your fucking token? Oh. No, 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 you didn't. No, sorry. Sorry. Roll20 has done something really freaking weird. Like, I don't know if it's the same on your end, but your my yeah, my token's the same. It's the same token. Okay, I've just no, I've just noticed that on my end, and I'll be completely honest with you guys. There's like, there's like only the tokens you can see on this map are are here. It my oh okay, yeah. Uh, for some reason there is the uh the remnants of a token that I had taken from the GM layer onto the, the tokens layer and deleted at the end of probably the, not the last session but the session before or whenever you guys were last in here um he's looking at the GM layer there's no other tokens here but yeah there's like your token has got uh, the faint image of another token laid over it and it makes Cyrus look like a fucking zombie Oh. I was like, what the fuck? How did he change his token? Oh. <laughs> okay. So you guys are thinking of going to get in a long rest. and uh, Before I go for a rest, though, I do want to say one thing. Huh? Grask? Uh. Sadly, but I wish we could have met on better terms than the shit that we caused, but honestly, being a player, I have to say, I'm actually quite fond of Dark Well, I appreciate your honesty there, friend. Uh, chalk it up to the, uh, the hazards of the life. Sure, better circumstances would have been better. I certainly liked it if y'all didn't kill my fucking bartender, but hey, I can find another one. Anyway. Uh, yeah, good luck on tracking down the lawmaster. I hope he's gonna I hope Mayor Slane's gonna pay you a good price for all the fucking work you put into this. If he doesn't, we'll find a bounty on his head. <laughs> I will anyway. <laughs> hey, listen. Don't go down the route of chasing and hunting down too many law officials. That's how you get the uh the Crown's guards attention everywhere you go. But if you ever get to that part where you gain enough notoriety, feel free to come back to Darktoe and maybe call it your new home. Because, well... Oh, gladly, when the choice comes up. Well, uh, I can recommend... I, I, I can recommend a, a tavern nearby if you're not wanting to stay here. 
but that's entirely up to you. I'm. I could be fine just sleeping on the bloody table for all I care. Um, but, uh, let's go somewhere, and I'm going to not say this out loud. I'm going to say this where only they can hear it, but let's go somewhere private. <laughs> okay. So. Well, I believe it's your round, Zara, so uh, wherever you go, then you can buy the round. <laughs> Fair. Okay, so. Guys, pleasure. Open DM moment. I don't have a map for another tavern, so we're just going to play this theater of mine. So, you know, uh, as as you guys start giving off the vibe that you're getting ready to leave, you see Grask stand up and he, he goes into one of the back rooms and shuts the door behind him. You see Tyriel and Vieris just give you a nod before exiting the Orcish Claw, and the, the dwarf that was sitting on Vidar's legs is just sort of, like, sat at the, ta- at the nearest table to him, and he's just drinking away, almost like he's trying to drink to the point where he just casually forgets what happened. You guys <laughs> exit, and I'll say that it takes you a couple minutes to, to find yourself another tavern. Um, it's nowhere near as nice as this, but it'll put you up for the night, and uh, yeah. Uh, actually, I'll do a small retcon. Very small detail. Uh, before Grask was, uh, went through to the back room, he hands you the map that Vieris had put on the table, and he just goes, use this on your travels. Don't want you guys getting lost out there in the wilderness. Also, question for DM? Yaman. Because this was a role play and not exactly combat, uh, Feather in the scale with uh, radar. Does that apply or not apply? Mm. I was just thinking, because it could be a delay as we leave, so mm. we don't know it. I'll give you a reprieve from that. I'll say that because it wasn't straight up combat, yeah. we'll, leave, mm. we'll leave the feather in the scale out of it. He did kill him. He did kill yeah, him. But it, so was, techni- it was role play, though, yeah, so it's- yeah. So technically, it should come into effect, but because it wasn't out and out combat, I'll say no. It doesn't. It doesn't come into effect. Um, but you guys now, you you guys find yourself in another tavern. Um, is there anything else? That you, is there anything you guys would like to discuss before you take your long rest? I'm going to say to Zaris and Anon, well, thank fuck we're not being hunted now. So, thank fuck. I'd like, uh, I'd like whoever has it to let me know who's got Lucinda Grohl's head. I believe I had, I believe you said at the start it was strapped to my back. Oh yeah, it's in your backpack, isn't it? Okay. Um, All right. Go ahead and make a perception check for me, please. Well, do. <laughs> So I print two in my rolls. Yeah. 18. Okay. Perfect. As you make your way into the interior of this tavern, you sit down at a table. It was sort of like one of the the corner tables far off in the distance. You guys are trying to get a little bit of privacy here. Larry, you put your, your backpack down on the ground, and as you do so, you get this faint whiff of a, an unpleasant scent coming from your bag. 
Uh, hold up. No, this. Wait, whoa, wait. Here's my question because I I used up a level one spell slot to encase oh, it in a in, in, in a in a giant ice cube. Okay. Yeah, he did. Ice melts. Yeah, not that quick. It's been hours. Yeah. Like. It's been a couple hours, Tony. My but even even it even with it being a couple of hours, it still it still wouldn't rot that quick. I'm, okay. The smell is just from the general sense of bloodied or blood infused water that's also got whatever other organic sense from the head in it. That have soaked into the fabric of her bag. It's not that it's rotting, it's just that you can, it's the unpleasant smell that blood and flesh and all that has in general. So, what it, I'll do then is to keep an to if Alara's going to keep an eye on it, Alara just every now and then make like a perception roll. Oh, at this point, I'm going to give the bag to you and just like, Fucking take it, Jesus. <laughs> okay. Okay, so what I'll do is I'll, instead of wasting a level one spell slot, I'll waste a cantrip. It, it'll do the same effect, but I'm going to encase it nice. Okay. And to keep it from completely rotting, essentially. And basically keep it under ice until we get back to the mayor and just keep doing that but we got to do it in combat as well though sorry well okay so that that's what i'm about to get it's get gonna to. be a, it's gonna be a maintenance thing that's what that's it's, the same it's yeah. gonna be a maintenance thing so that that's what i'm about to get to and that's why i mentioned about us going somewhere private and talking about this so we currently have two options right now. Option one, we go back to the mayor and hand this head in. That's option one. We don't know the consequences of what will happen when we head, hand this head in. We don't know what will happen when we do that. Option two, I tell you what happened when I put that amulet on and why it's important for us to go to the capital city. I want to go to the capital city regardless, but I'm willing to take a detour to go to the to the mayor and hand this head in to get that That's completely out of the way. It takes two days to get there and then two days back. So it's in four days gone. Well, a couple of days to go. My, my thing it. is, is that if if we go to the mayor, we can completely avoid Dark Toe and take the long route and just go straight to the capital by boat. What do you think, Adam? Uh, you see, I really want to post the head. <laughs> I love you so much. But how are we gonna post it? There's no. It's not gonna fit in a bloody uh, post box. No, but, <laughs> no, but, we, but you, you I don't think there's Amazon in this reality. We put it in a box. We put it on a ship, 
and we put for the mayor so it arrives for him and it'll be not just going sorry oh my god this is it's gonna happen how are you gonna give us the money we don't live anywhere <laughs> you see that's a bit of having to watch our names. Uh... we can't say our names <laughs> you are oh god okay okay I want to do the police I, idea now. I, I want to go for it. I really like Anon's idea. Not gonna lie. I know you. I know you do. But that—that's like one of them flies the time it gets him. I am <laughs> Jesus Christ. I Here's am, a rotted maggot filled with some I am an agent of chaos, and I am all for that idea. That is that is the worst. Oh come on! It's not like you, you haven't done dumb shit in a campaign, Slade. I've been brutal today. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say we're on on this one. <laughs> oh, well, like, we could go around and pick up he's the already money later. Well, if he does, if he doesn't, it's fine. We have still got our later reward for, you know, when we get this to. Is, this is so bad that <laughs> that I'm not even the DM and I'm being outvoted on. <laughs> in Lucinda, where she got possessed and fucking snapped her backwards. Okay. Oh, Jesus. Oh, like the, my when, God. When the DM and the other two party members outvote me. Hey, 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 I'm not voting in this. I said I was all for it. Like, I could get... That's I, outvoting me! I, listen, let me finish. Oh my god. I uh, could I could get on board with that idea, but I could also get on board with your idea. I am neutral here. I like both ideas. But Anons, being the agent of chaos that I am, it just it speaks to me. But you are on a choice, you know? You you are <laughs> outvoted. You are outvoted two to one, by the way. So <laughs> Yeah, I already know this. Thank you. <laughs> like we could gift wrap it. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. This is like... <laughs> oh, I love this. I love this. That That's three to one right there. No, it's not. I said I loved it, but I'm not... I'm not... It's, I'm, no, it's only I can look, ma'am. I have been DMing for you for the past two years. When you say I love it in that tone of voice... I know full well exactly what you mean by that. It's a year and a half, not two but he years. He doesn't get to choose it. It's myself and Anon. Yeah. Mayhem's not choosing. And to be, uh, to be fair, I could He's throw... He's not allowed I, to choose. To be fair, I could throw a spanner in the works and remind you of something. Y'all did say that the decision of what to do when your business here concluded in Dark Soul was up to Anon. I, I did say that, yes. <laughs> I, got, I, I chose to stay yeah. here and do my thing. But uh, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a I'm gonna take a step back and I'm gonna let you guys decide. Like here, here's here's my thoughts. So the mayor is going to be pissed that she's not come back alive. So I don't really want to be there for that conversation. So I thought posting it would be better. Yeah, okay. Here's here's the problem with posting it though, right? Is that 
we already know that he has contacts with whatever the fuck his name is. The guy, the 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 master of coin or whatever the fuck his name is, right? So who's to say that we go in and like? quite literally gift wrap a fucking head like a goddamn Christmas gift, send it to him and put it on his doorstep and say, hey, sorry about this, but here's a little like little Christmas gift for you. He unwraps it, sees Lucinda Grohl's head and realizes who the fuck sent it and then goes, oh, I told them fuckers not to kill her and then sends a bunch of fucking goonies after us. I'm just going to weigh in. It's a very small detail that I'm weighing in on. As a DM, right off the top of my head, I'm going to admit I cannot remember whether or not the mayor told you to bring her back alive. Yeah, he did say that. I know like, for a fact that he's alive. alive. He did say preferably alive. He Pre- said preferably <laughs> alive. Well, now you see that's where that, I'm. I'm. I'm doing the same thing to you as you do to me. I'm using the very careful choice of words. He said preferably alive. Okay. I mean, uh, okay. Pre- okay. I, like, preferably okay. alive probably means so that no, she I'm, could stand not, trial. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie that 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 I do do that a lot. So yeah. that that I do do that. A I lot, did, I, so. I also did say at the beginning of the campaign when it comes to making big decisions, choose your words carefully. Yeah, that you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not wrong. Uh, okay. Okay. All right. So I I also did say that Anon will get to choose what we do after Alara <laughs> did what they wanted to do so oh i love this i will i will i will keep to my word and on if that's what you want to do then that is what we'll do oh i love oh. this yeah like we'll put in the note sorry it was an accident you know <laughs> try and cover our backs a bit I, sorry, be no. like, okay i, I will okay it's I, I, I wanted to be per- kind. i wanted to be perfectly fucking clear i am not signing the fucking gift card <laughs> I, I will not do it. I I'm Zars is off the Christmas card list. Now. I am off the Christmas card. I am not signing it. I've got a pinky for you, Zaris. Do you want it? Nope. I'm not part. I am not part of this gift. I I'm not part of this Christmas. I you know what? Just... When I was doing my torch, when I was doing my uh, torture session, you know, it's like played operation. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. I need a I need okay, a I need, okay. a, I, need a, I need a consensus here. My consensus is is that if Anon wants to gift wrap a fucking head and have it sent off to the mayor and have it signed by her and Alara with without my fucking signature and get a reward for it, they can do that. I I still say though, and this this is non this is no joke. This is all seriousness i do want to go to the capital okay that 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 is for certain okay. i do want to go to the capital are you going to i i will i am going to relay what happened at the cave to okay, them that, that, that wasn't going to be my question with your with your adamancy to go to the capital if your party members agree 
will you take into consideration the 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 route that was described to you by Vieris and Grask or that is up to them because okay. I, because if, if we can find an alternate route that is safer then I am up for that but if the only way that we can go is through the 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 way that was given to us by them they the then, way that the route that you were given by them you were told that you wouldn't have any you wouldn't have trouble going through the tribal plains and as long as you stuck to the northern sector of the darklands you shouldn't run into like life threatening danger okay so i'm 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 okay with that if that if that is our best option however i do want to make it perfectly clear that before we leave darktoe that I'm going to relay every single detail that happened at that cave the moment I put on the necklace. Okay. Everything. Well, I, well, I, like, every ounce of information that okay. that happened. Everything. Okay. Well, how's about we say that we pick up that conversation in next week's episode and give you guys your long rest? That, yeah, that's okay. what y'all want to do. That's okay. perfect. Just yeah, because we're coming very close to the cutoff point for uh, the session anyway in terms of time. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is where we are going to end tonight's session. Thank you very much for sticking around uh, if you made it this far. Uh, there are going to be some changes coming to the podcast in terms of how you can support us. Uh, but at this current time... Uh, I'm not at a position to give you guys definitive details because conversations need to be had. Uh, but rest assured, uh, you guys have shown us tremendous, tremendous support recently. Um, we we love you all and we thank you so much for everything that the D&D and tabletop role-playing communities and podcasting communities have shown us in terms of uh, acceptance and support and friendship. Because you guys are absolutely incredible. And without you guys listening into the episodes, then we're just four four idiots sat around various four different four, sale, you bastard. Four different tables uh at various points in the world just rolling dice and you know, chopping off heads and disemboweling people and deciding how we're gonna ship a severed head from Dark Toe back to Valrondir. Which, I, I have no involvement in that. Anon, I will end the session with making this perfectly clear. You have until next Thursday to figure out how you're going to do that. You alone. <laughs> so, I have some ideas. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to the episode. Stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe. And above all else, roll for initiative. Good night.